You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. So a couple of weeks ago, uh, we kind of started uh, on a series on a subject where we were kind of talking about uh, the, the body, the soul, and the spirit, and kind of talking about their role, their function, uh, and that relationship between our physical body, our soul, and our spirit. And then many of you know that following uh, day Monday uh, was when the Kirk Fire Apartments happened, and we've been trying to get back into the flow of things ever since. So I kind of want to try to pick up where we left off, I think like over three or four weeks ago. Now, for those of you who weren't here, when I did the first message, you can find that uh, on our website, and I would encourage you to go on there and listen to it. I'm going to do a bit of a recap, but in the first uh, sermon, I kind of really went through a very lengthy uh, explanation of that. So I'm just going to kind of give a really brief recap um, here this morning. The Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, he says that as human beings, we are made up of three um, parts, body, soul, and spirit. And there he writes, and he says, the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So just as God reveals himself in three ways, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, we think of that as the Trinity, we are also made up of three parts, body, soul, and spirit. And we all have a body and we contain a soul and a spirit. And the body, the soul, and the spirit each have very specific roles and functions in the life we live. So to start off with, your physical body, we would call that your earth suit, it's the house, Paul kind of describes it, as a house in which we live. It's the physical part of you that can be seen in a mirror. Your body is the container of the spirit and the soul. And one of the things we talked about and one of the things that's important to remember is that our bodies are dead or maybe another way of thinking or looking at this is that as your body ages, it's always moving toward death. And again, that's that concept from dust you have come to dust you shall return. Romans 8, chapter 10, or, uh, chapter 8, verse 10 says, and if Christ is in you, the body, the physical body is dead or moving toward death because of sin. So one of the primary results of sin, uh, which got its start way back there uh, in the book of Genesis, in the Garden of Eden uh, with Adam and Eve, 
is death. And that death sentence that came about through sin has kind of been passed down to every generation since. And so because of sin, the scripture says the body is dead or is moving toward death. And unless Jesus returns uh, to the earth again in our lifetime, our bodies, every one of our physical bodies will at some point eventually succumb to death. Now, an analogy in a way of better understanding the nature and the function of our physical bodies, we talked about this, is to think of your physical body as the child in the house, okay? It's hungry, sleepy, tired, self-centered, self-absorbed, tired, always wanting, always needing attention. Now again, if you think describing your body as the child in the house is an exaggeration, if you think I'm overstating this, try fasting sometime where you just deprive your body of, of food for just 24 hours you will discover just how childish your physical body is. It will begin to scream, feed me, feed me, feed me, I'm hungry. The next time you get cut off in traffic, uh, just take note how quickly that child comes to the surface in, in response. So the physical body, uh, again, resembles oftentimes the way a child functions. That's the body. The soul is comprised from your shoulders up. Our soul it is comprised of the mind, our will, our emotions, our personality. Uh, the soul kind of re refers to the mind realm. If you're talking to me face to face, you'd be seeing my body. However, you'll be speaking to my soul, which is my mental, my emotional part. Now, whereas the physical body is dead or it's always moving toward death, the soul is the part of you that needs to constantly be redeemed, renewed, and restored. And Paul talks about this in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, in one of many places. And he says to us, do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Again, that's, that's part of your soul, the mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. David oftentimes in many of his Psalms, he refers uh, to the soul. One such place is Psalm 23, verse three. He says, he, God, restores my soul. And again, that's that part of you that needs to be renewed, restored, and redeemed. And he says, he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, just as we kind of describe or think of the physical body as the child, the soul can be likened to the teenager in the house. Now, how many of you have or have had teenagers uh, in the house, all right? Oftentimes, teenagers kind of think they know it all, they uh, never want to listen, they're tuning you out, uh, kind of thinking their way's the only way, the best way, what would you know? And likewise, the soul kind of thinks it knows it all more than the spirit, and certainly more than the body. 
And again, your soul is that part of you that gets offended, it gets embarrassed or rebellious, especially if your spirit does something that your soul deems not acceptable or, or uh, embarrassing or outside of its comfort zone. Your soul, the teenager in the house, it, it constantly wants to rebel against everything, especially the leadership and the authority of the spirit. Very important uh, to keep that relationship in mind. Now the spirit, that is the essence of the person. Your spirit is the real you. It, it is also the God receptor, and I really want to emphasize that. When I say that your spirit is the God receptor, okay, what I mean by that is that is the part of you that was created to connect, have fellowship, and a relationship with God. This is the part of us that, that was created to commune with God. The spirit is the new creation that's mentioned in the Bible. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17 through 18, he says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new and all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. So once you are born again, once you have made a profession of faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, your spirit, which was dead, uh, disconnected from God, it now becomes fully alive, complete and perfect. Okay, your spirit, unlike your soul, your body, your spirit is that new creation that no longer needs to be fixed. It only needs to grow, mature, and release. Now, just as the body is the child in the house, the soul is the teenager in the house, the spirit is the adult in the house. Now, the spirit part of you, because that is the God receptor, that is the part of you that was created to hear from God, to commune with God, to have a relationship with God, it is, it is the spirit that has access to spiritual information, revelation, spiritual knowledge that your body and your soul could never access or receive. That, that's why your spirit is the God receptor. Your spirit is that part of you that God created to receive wisdom, counsel, uh, guidance from God. Now again, sin deadened that part of you, your spirit, so that you, there was a part of you where you're walking in darkness. You're not able to receive wisdom or guidance or revelation uh, from God. You're not able to understand the spiritual things of God. But once you make a profession of faith in Jesus Christ, once you accept him as Lord and Savior, that part of you that was dead now becomes fully alive, fully connected to God the Father, and once again, it's able now to receive, discern, and to understand the spiritual things of God. 
The spirit is the part of you that is able to rightly discern what is real and what is simply an illusion of the feelings or the imagination of the soul. Everybody with me on this is understand where I'm at on this. So again, you are made up of three parts as, as a person. Um, you have a body, soul, and a spirit. And here's the thing. We all have one chooser, and that chooser, uh, I would define, is the free will. And the problem many of us encounter in life is our chooser oftentimes wants to go in three different directions. The body is tired, the soul has a bad attitude, the spirit is redeemed, loving, and serving God. The question is, which one of those is in control? Which one of those three are running your life? Is the child in control and calling the shots in your life? Is the teenager in charge and kind of running the show? Or is the adult, the spirit, exercising authority and control over the child and the teenager? Is it the spirit that is making choices in line and in harmony with God's word? Again, you have three choices, one chooser of free will that's going to decide for you which one of those is in control. Paul says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 25, he says, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh. That's the body. They've cru you've crucified that. With the affections and lust. That's the soul. So, so Paul's saying, and they that are in Christ have crucified the, the, the child with the teenager. If we live in the adult realm, the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. So what Paul's saying is, in order for you to walk and to live in the spirit, you have to make the choice that the adult, the spirit man is in charge, the spirit man is leading, the spirit man is in control, not the body and not the soul. Now, why is that important? Well, we all know what happens when children are running the house. We all know what happens when teenagers are calling the shots and the adults are subservient to the child and the teenager. The results are chaos, mayhem, and confusion take over the home and everything is out of whack, out of control. The same thing happens spiritually. When our spirit man has abdicated, it has surrendered authority and control over to the body and the soul. And Paul's simply saying, when we choose, now again, that's that chooser, that free will. When we choose to walk and live according to the desires, the wants, the needs of the body and the soul, there is gonna be spiritual confusion, chaos and mayhem. This, 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 is, this explains a lot of what we're seeing in our culture today. So again, those are those three parts of mankind, body, soul, and spirit, but only one chooser, 
And only one of those three can be in charge. And every one of us in this room, myself included, actively chooses or by default, which one of these three are in charge, ruling us and calling the shots in our lives. Now again, depending on which of these three are in control will ultimately determine your identity. It will determine your course in life and the outcome of your life. How many of you have ever been around grown adults? I'm talking people maybe in their 60s, their 70s, who are very immature, childish. They're very self-centered, very self-focused, self-obsessed. Um, and and just kind of believe everything kind of revolves around them. If you've been around people like that, most likely their identity is rooted in their body and the child is in control. And what you're seeing in all of those behaviors is just a manifestation of that child, of that uh, physical flesh being in control. Ever been around somebody who is maybe moody or they're overly emotional people, people who are constantly offended by this and by that, people who kind of just suck the life out of you. Again, these are people who tend um, to kind of have their identity rooted in their soul, in the teenager. And they just kind of live predominantly from their emotions. Uh, It's what we would, you know, kind of refer to sometimes as a basket case, or we say, boy, that person's a hot mess. That's what we're talking about, someone who's living uh, predominantly out of the teenager, out of their soul. It is only when we derive and kind of walk in our identity in the born-again spirit that will ever have the potential to become all that God has created and is calling us to be. When our born-again spirit is in charge and it's ruling over the body and the soul, it is then and only then that we'll be able to walk in the spirit just as Jesus did when he walked upon uh, the earth. As a matter of fact, Jesus said in John 14, 12, he said, truly, truly, I say to you, he that believes on me, the works that I do shall he do also and greater works than these shall he do because I go to my father. And whatever you shall ask in my name that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Now that phrase that he uses there, in my name, it indicates, again, that we have chosen to root, to ground our identity um, in Christ. And it is from that position of being born again, being rooted in our relationship, our identity in Christ, that we are able to do not only what Jesus did, but greater things um, than he did. Now, following the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, it says he ascended to the right hand of the Father for the purpose of being able to not only intercede for us, but to be able to send the Holy Spirit, which came in its fullness there in Acts chapter two. 
And it's only when the Holy Spirit uh, comes upon us and fills us as believers that we're able to live and to walk out of that uh, spirit man. And again, it all comes down to where you choose to get or to derive your identity from. Now, let me just kind of give you some examples here of what I'm talking about. Let's list some of the physical attributes of the body. And all of us have this, okay? Height, weight, skin color, sex, the color of your hair, color of your eyes, etc. Now, let me ask you this question. Do any of those attributes give you a standing, a position, a place, or favor with God? No, of course not. But there were people both in the Old Testament, New Testament, uh, throughout history who believed that it did. The Pharisees in Jesus's day were constantly rooting their identity in their flesh, in their body, and Jesus oftentimes exposed that and called them out on it. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 23, 27, and he's speaking to the Pharisees. He says, what sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law and Pharisees, hypocrites. He says, for you're like whitewashed tombs. You're beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. Outwardly, you look like righteous people, but inwardly, your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. Again, what Jesus is saying is when your identity, who you are, is rooted in the body and you're living from that identity and you're basing your spirit, uh, your relationship with God uh, from the flesh, these are the kinds of results you can expect. When you are living out of the body, Okay, you're going to project an outward appearance of godliness and righteousness. You're, you're going to be grooming the outward appearance to look good, to look polished, to look saved, to look godly. All the while, you will ignore the unrighteous mess on the inside. Religion teaches us to do that. Focus on the body. Put on a smile, pretend everything is great. Use religious language, wear a tie, wear a dress, say amen, don't swear, play the part. And we've all done that to varying degrees. And we all know it's a charade to hide the messy, sinful truth on the inside because we don't know or haven't made the choice to live from and base our identity in the spirit person. Remember King David. First time we're introduced to him is when the prophet Samuel was sent uh, to the house of Jesse. And he went there for the purpose of anointing one of Jesse's son as the next king of Israel. And you may remember there in 1 Samuel 16, Samuel goes and he has the sons of Jesse before him, one by one, beginning with the oldest. The first and oldest son comes before the prophet Samuel. And in verse six, it says, when they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height. Again, that's the physical. 
for I've rejected him. Lord doesn't look and he doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And again, if God looks at the heart, then the way we live and walk, the way we base our relationship with God should be from the heart, the spirit man, and not rooted uh, in the uh, body or the soul. Now, another pitfall that oftentimes occurs when our identity, when we're kind of deriving our identity and it's rooted in the physical body is we oftentimes become obsessed with our bodies and our appearance. And again, it's nothing new to see people who have gone to extreme measures uh, with Botox or cosmetic surgery, uh, nips and tucks, etc. okay? Oftentimes extreme uh, diets, wit, uh, weightlifters, uh, athletes who use steroids and other drugs to be able to enhance uh, their muscles and their, their performance, um, always wanting and needing, you know, the latest fashion. Again, all of those may be indicators uh, that are identity is focused too much in our body. First Timothy 4.8 says physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Now again, taking care of ourselves, you know, exercising, eating properly, getting enough sleep, all of that is good, but we have to be very careful again that we're not basing our identity or, or our standing with God in the physical realm. Uh, because when that happens, oftentimes you're just gonna be very, very focused um, on outward things. So let's list some of the attributes of the soul. Okay, maybe happy, content, relaxed, you're self-conscious, you're confident, you may be alert, you may be shy. Um, again, question is, do any of the above soul facts, do, does any of that give you a position? Does any of that give you a, a place, a standing? Does any of that give, give you favor with God? And again, the answer, of course, is no. Yet, many people base their standing and their relationship with God by rooting their identity in the soul through their feelings, through their emotions, through their thoughts. That's why Paul, again, cautions us in 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We walk by faith. That's the spirit man. The spirit man walks by faith, not by sight. And again, we don't walk, we don't live according to what we can see and or feel. He says we just walk by faith. Romans 10, 17, Paul says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So again, our faith is based upon what the word of God and the voice of God through the Holy Spirit within us is saying to us. And then what is our response to that? Again, when we choose uh, to base our identity, our relationship with God in the souls, uh, and again, the soul is the mind realm. Uh, one of the pitfalls that, that comes quickly is the sin of pride. We become prideful. 1 Corinthians 8, 1 says, knowledge fills with pride, but love builds up. And again, when we root our identity with God and we kind of base our relationship, our standing with God out of our souls, what ends up happening is we tend to seek knowledge about God rather than seeking God himself or his presence. And again, there's nothing wrong with using your mind 
for the purpose of learning more about God. It's one of the reasons God gave you a mind, just so that we can think, that, that we can learn, that we can gain more knowledge and information about God. But chances are really uh, good that we're living and seeking God more from our soul realm than from our spirit realm if all we're seeking is knowledge about God but not seeking him or his presence. Someone once said, you can miss God by about 18 inches, and that's the distance between your head and your heart. And oftentimes, when we're living in that soul realm, we're living primarily out of our heads, out of our thoughts, out of our mind. John chapter 5, thir- uh, 39 through 40 says this. Now listen carefully. Jesus speaking, and he says, you search the scriptures, because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is these that bear witness of me and you are unwilling to come to me that you have life. So again, one of the things that we gotta caution ourselves on is you can study the scriptures all day long. You can memorize the entire Bible, but if you're unwilling to come to Jesus, you've completely missed it. The Bible is there, it was given to us by God to reveal to us who God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are. It's there to reveal to us what God has done in the past, what God is doing presently, and what God is gonna do in the future. There's nothing magical in the Bible itself. It is merely there to point us toward um, God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We find life, we find eternal life when we come to Jesus. And the Bible is simply the roadmap to get us there. When our identity, our relationship again with God is rooted primarily out of the soul, oftentimes we're gonna be content, satisfied, and fulfilled to search, to scour, to study the scriptures, and we will completely miss the Savior. Not only can rooting our identity, our relationship with God and our soul lead to pride, uh, it can also lead us to vanity and boasting. That's why Paul says in Ephesians 2, 8, uh, chapter two, verses eight through nine, he says, for by grace you have been saved through faith and not that of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works that no one should boast. Now, boasting is a soul issue. And the scripture cautions us that if we're depending more and more upon ourselves, our good works for salvation, then chances are very good that we have rooted and are living out of our soul identity uh, rather than our spirit man. Now, let me just kind of turn to in these next few uh, remaining moments here, I wanna just use some scripture and I wanna identify some spirit uh, man facts here. Second Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things passed away, behold, new things have come. So if you are a Christian, then you are in Christ because it is impossible to become a Christian unless you are in Christ. And if you are in Christ, Paul says you are now a new creation. The old things, the sinful past is over and the new has now come. 
2 Corinthians 5.20, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. As through God we're entreating through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Now as part of this new creation that we are in Christ, one of the ways that we manifest that is we are now ambassadors uh, for Christ. In other words, we represent Christ to the world. 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made Christ who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf that you and I, as born again new creatures, we might become the righteousness of God in him. Now Paul's saying that through our faith in Jesus Christ, we have become the righteousness of God. In other words, when Christ is in you and you are in Christ, God sees you just as righteous as he sees his son, Jesus Christ. Romans 8, chapter 8, verse 16, the Spirit, Holy Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God and if children, heirs also, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. And that simply means as a joint heir of Christ, whatever is his is now yours. Now let me just ask you the same question I did on the other two. Do any of these spiritual facts give you a standing, a position, a place and favor with God. Absolutely, you better believe it does. This is why your identity, who you are, must be rooted and must be living out of the spirit man. When your spirit man is in charge and ruling over and authoritative over the body and the soul, then and only then are you on your way to becoming a mature, fruitful, Christ-like person. Since the spirit man is the new creation in Christ, the righteousness of God, then we must begin to learn and to walk and to live and to respond um, in this new identity. And to walk and live from our spirit, to root our identity in our spirit, we do that by aligning ourselves with God's ways and God's patterns. And we're going to pick it up here um, next week. And I want to talk about, I think, the biggest issue that believers struggle with is we oftentimes confuse the soul realm for the spirit realm. And I want to talk about the importance of God's word because Hebrew talks about the, the, the precision of God's word to be able to separate, uh, kind of like a surgical knife. He separates the soul from the spirit. And there's a reason uh, that that is emphasized. And we're going to get into that um, next week. So let me just leave it um, here this morning and just share with you, every one of us in this room, we fluctuate in all three of those areas. There, there are days where I am very childish. And, and I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm operating out of my child. Uh, you know, I'm frustrated or I'm overwhelmed. Uh, I mean, there's just times where I, I just see myself having my identity and kind of living out of my child. There are days where I have, where I'm living out of my soul. I'm, you know, I, I may be uh, emotional. I, I, I may just be very uh, arrogant. I may be, you know, boastful. Um, and there are obviously days where I'm living out of my spirit, man. Every one of us are, are in that boat uh, to varying degrees. 
And again, that's part of walking and growing um, in our relationship with God. And, and the hope is, is that uh, we are less and less day by day uh, operating in that child or that teenager, that body, that soul realm, and, and we're getting more and more and more confident and, and committed uh, to walking out of our spirit man. And, and every one of us, we fluctuate um, in those realms. Some of us will, will experience all three realms in one day. Some of you may experience it in one encounter. You know, you get into an argument with somebody and you just, you lose your cool. The child's in control. You know, you go home and God brings conviction, um, you know, and you repent of that and, th and then you're restored. So again, oftentimes we're, we can experience all three uh, in one day. Again, the goal Part of that being transformed, becoming more and more like Christ, is that we're less and less in the body and the soul realm, and we're more and more and more growing, operating, and releasing out of our spirit man. That is, that's the challenge. That's the goal. That's what God is doing every day, every moment in our lives. He's trying to bring us out of that, that uh, body-soul identity and trying to bring us into our spirit-man identity. So again, it's there that we will experience and become all that God has for us this morning. So as I pray this morning, I'm just gonna pray uh, again with what I believe is, again, just acknowledging all of us um, operate in all three of those realms. Um, and again, what we're wanting to do is just begin to ask God to identify, even if it's just one area, God, where, where am I rooting my life right now in, in, the, in the body or the soul? And, and God, would you help me transition out of that into where the spirit is now in control of that area of my life and no longer the child, no longer the teenager. Amen. Let's just stand together this morning. Father God, again, we just come to you this morning, Father, and we know that you, you see all hearts, God. You, you know our thoughts, your scripture says you try us in every way. And God, you know that there are, are areas of our lives, God, where we have maybe just through ignorance, through rebellion, maybe this morning, you, you, some have just come to a new understanding. And God, we acknowledge this morning that there just are times, there are areas of our lives, even this morning, that we have chosen or by default is just kind of operating in that body, in that child, that soul, that teenager realm. God, this morning, we just thank you, Lord, that you are actively, constantly at work in us, bringing to our mind the things, Lord, that uh, we've done or have allowed to be done, Lord, not as a means of just solely uh, convicting us, Lord, but as, as a way to help us to see where we need to repent, where we need to change, where we need to grow, where we need to transition out of that body, soul, that child, that teenager, and Lord, coming into uh, our, our, our adult, our spirit man that's in control. And so Father, again, as every heart is just widely open, and known to you this morning, Father. You see where we need to make those changes and those transitions, where we need to repent. 
And so, Father, this morning, I just pray, Lord, that you would again just lead us and guide us, Lord. Help us to see those areas. Give us, God, again, the desire, the want to change, to repent, to come out of that, and to begin to walk in our spirit identity uh, in those places, God, that you're just kind of identifying, that you're revealing to us. And God, again, you don't do it as a means of condemnation, God. You're doing it because you, you want to bring change. You want to bring transformation in our lives this morning. You want to see us be able to be victorious. So God, this morning, just give us again the wisdom, the ability to repent, the courage to receive your help, and Lord, just that willingness to just be obedient to you, whatever cost that may be to the body or the soul, God, that we are willing to be obedient and to be surrendered to you, that we might become all that you are calling and have created us to be. So Father, we thank you. And Lord, we just pray again that you would help each one of us, Lord, in whatever areas of our lives that we struggle and Father, again, just thanking you for the example that you've given to us of your son, Jesus, whose identity was constantly fully in the spirit, man. He shows us how to do this. And so Father, we thank you for that example, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that you'll just continue that work in each of us, making us more and more like your son, Jesus. And we thank you for all of this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for being here this morning. Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.